This episode is sponsored by Paleo Valley. Paleo Valley's meat sticks have been a lifesaver during this hot summer. Since they're shelf stable, I always have three Paleo Valley meat sticks in my bag at all times. It's also been perfect for my boys' lunch boxes. I love Paleo Valley's grass finished beef sticks and pasture raised turkey sticks because they support US family farmers that focus on regenerative agriculture. These meat sticks are from animals that have never been fed grains, soy, corn, or GMOs and have never been given antibiotics. The spices in these meat sticks are also 100% organic. The sticks come in five different flavors, and my favorite is the original beef stick, and my boys love the teriyaki beef sticks and the original pasture raised turkey stick. Paleo Valley's meat sticks are a perfect snack and, frankly, a great value without skimping on quality. Each stick is about $2 with our discount code, and it comes in a 10 pack bag. Make sure to support this podcast and head over to paleovalley.comslash CATG and use code CATG to get 15% off your first order. Thanks for listening and supporting the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. Laura and I are just going to be talking really candid. This is what this podcast is all about. It's one thing to say, I want to eat something else that's not meat. It's a whole other thing to say, you need to eat something else that's not meat. If you notice that you're jumping from diet to diet, at a certain point, you have to wonder. The only common denominator is me. Get outside, go for a walk, get some vitamin D, breathe some fresh air,、uh, and, and stay happy and healthy and, and take care of yourselves. Let's just have some real talk. <laughs> Welcome to the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. Welcome back to the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. My name is Laura, and I am here and joined by my friend and co host, Judy Cho. I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving and had some great times with family, some wonderful food. Judy and I are recording this right before Thanksgiving, but we are spending Thanksgiving together. So, we'll, on a future episode, we'll do a recap of how that、uh, crazy adventure road trip was. But、um, we hope you guys have a great, had a great Thanksgiving holiday. What should we talk about today, Judy? What do we want to leave them with post Thanksgiving, moving into December?、Uh, what's on your mind? Yeah, I, I mean, because it's the season of holidays and there's obviously a lot of talk about gifts and gratitude. And, and then we always hear that message of we get it, right? We should be grateful. We should feel gratitude. But I really started thinking about what, I mean, why, why is gratitude so important for our mental health? Why is it important to be grateful? And we hear these things about, Do a gratitude journal and、uh, say the things that you're grateful for at the end of the night. And I think these are really important, but I wanted to dig into a little bit of why so that people understand this is not some woo woo thing that, okay, I'll just rattle off some things I'm grateful for, but I'm just doing it. I don't really believe in it. There's a group of people that we can call like the when and then people. And Um, I envision this talk being about are you a when and then person? And what that really means is we always have these dreams, and everyone believes that we can do so much in five years or in the future, but we are very self limiting in the, the imminent future. So within the next week, within the few days, a when and then person is really somebody that says, and I think this is everyone, but it's when I get thinner. When I get my new job, when I move into a new house, when my kids get older, then I will be happy. Then I will do this. Then I will do that. And the thing is, over time, 
the goalpost seems to move. So a lot of people will get a new job or they'll have their kids get older and then they'll say, okay, actually the new goal is that when my kids are out of the house, then I'll be happy. And the thing is, maybe our focus on what will make us happy is not the right thing. And maybe it's not a, it's not an external thing. So there was a study, um, I think it was a 30 year long study where they try to figure out what makes people happy. And a lot of it ended up being that it wasn't a circumstantial event. So it wasn't how much money you had, your age, gender, marital status, any of those things. But it was really, it was dependent on how happy people were with their situation. So in their point of view, how happy and grateful were they for their life currently? And then based on that view of their life, that determined the majority of their happiness and then what they put out in the world. I think this is a huge thing in the weight loss space, especially that there is, I mean, I fall into this a lot and I, it's something I'm still focusing on. We did that episode uh, a few weeks ago talking about like root deep down, like what makes me happy. And I still have a hard time answering that because I have spent the majority of my time going, well, when I lose 20 pounds, then I'll be content with my body. When I lose a hundred pounds, I'll be content. Well, when I tone up my skin, when I fix my digestive issues, like you said, it's so true where the benchmark keeps moving forward. I spent my entire adult life thinking when I lose the weight, then I'll be fine and I'll be fixed. And that's why I struggled so much when I hit that maintenance. I lost 120 pounds and then couldn't figure out why it didn't get any easier at that point and why maintenance was so hard. And it's now been a year and a half of like not moving the benchmark, but realizing that I need to have different measurements of, of benchmark. And it's doing that hard work. I'm still doing that of what truly makes me happy and I think that was the hardest part of Carnivore 75 hard for me a couple of years ago was the gratitude part because I was pretty superficial about it. This morning at church, the pastor said, uh, you know, after you're done singing or whatever, they're like, okay, turn around and greet your neighbor where they always do that. But today they said, turn around and tell somebody near you what you're thankful for. Chris and I turned to the people or what are you looking most forward to this Thanksgiving? That's what it was. Chris and I turned around to our people behind us and we were like, steak. And the people behind us were like, I'm excited to see family. I'm looking forward to family. And I was like, oh, we clearly had different ideas of like what we're looking forward to that most of this Thanksgiving is like, Chris, and I think about food. And it was so funny that we both instinctually had this first thought of food when most people are going to think about family and relationships. And I clearly still have some work to do in that regard. But it is, I think the obsession with when I get to this weight, when I get to this pant size, when I get to this dress size, I will then be happy or things will be fixed. And it's such a, like, it's like running into a brick wall when you realize that that size didn't fix your issue. Or if you never get there, you're just spiraling emotionally because you, you're not, you know, you think you can't be happy or you don't deserve to be happy because you're not a certain weight. Yeah. And I think a lot of the way that we're raised and um, the advertising, they define that, right? So a person in the magazines growing up or on television, they were happy with these 
weight loss changes or their makeovers, right? So there's all these like rom-coms about how a nerdy person has a makeover and now they're gorgeous and beautiful and now they're happy. So a lot of that is fed to us. I think we all struggle with that, right? And the danger of that, I think, is really there's a thing called the law of adaptation. You imagine something that would be different in your life and then you finally actually obtained it. So let's say it was a higher paycheck. So you're making 50,000 and then now all of a sudden you're making a hundred and you thought when I get a hundred thousand, then I will be happy. And so you finally clear the six figures and you're there. But what ends up happening is within a few paychecks, that happiness starts to diminish. And that's the same thing that you can talk about with even a bath, right? So you first get into a warm bath and it feels so wonderful on your skin. And then within a few minutes, it doesn't feel as good. And that's part of this law of adaptation is that no matter what goalpost we're going for, eventually it'll become a new normal and then it won't we won't feel that gratitude or we won't feel that appreciation for it. What we really should learn about these things, it's um, getting that dream house or getting that car that you wanted or the new bag you wanted, whatever it may be. Eventually, we realize that we don't value it as much as when we first got it. And that should tell us that maybe happiness is not obtained from these goalposts we make that are more external. And maybe we should focus on the internal. Yeah, I think that's the hard thing to do because I think we, the, like you said, the world values these outward uh, things, whether it's money or looks or thinness, um, or even now they're celebrating things like obesity or status, um, different things. And so it's hard to then internalize that or to turn it off. I also think that social media and the news in general are designed to give you outrage because that's what's going to make you click on things and share things. And you know, most the things that are sometimes shared the most are the things that like spark this outrage or these really strong feelings versus like, oh, wow, that's a cute image, or I'm so happy for this person, right. or what a positive story. You know, we don't see those things. Those are not the things that go viral very often. Um, it's unfortunately these things that are so divisive. And, and, and that's, I think, just what's glorified in a lot of ways, um, which can make being truly grateful for things a lot harder. And I think that's the core issue of where we are as a society right now and even in the wider world is that we are really fed a lot of negativity and then we're also fed these like body acceptance and just being mediocre is good and accept everything and it's okay to be overweight if you are happy. And it's just all these things to just be okay with where you are, even if internally we are not that happy. I heard a saying not too long ago that says, if we are always in a negative mindset and we're always constantly stewing in these negative thoughts. And the majority of them are negative. And if you think of it from a survival perspective, our bodies do that so that we protect ourselves to live another day. The thing is that if we are constantly in these negative self-talks of, oh, why did you do that? Or, you missed that. Or, oh, you're late again, or whatever the thoughts are. The thing is, our negative thoughts become our reality because our negative thoughts are become our obsessions that then become the reality of what we make our life. If we wake up and we're, we feel like we overate the day before and we now feel a little sluggish and our mentality is, oh, see, I feel tired because I ate bad yesterday. And then that thought is just proliferating in your head all day. Well, then anything that happens that day, your spin of the world is probably a little bit more negative. 
you know, the thing is, we are one of the most blessed nations. And we are just, but in this period of the pandemic, and I get it, it's a very hard time. But we are struggling with way more depression, a lot more suicides. And we are just discouraged as a nation with all the divisiveness. We have to wonder why when we do live in a society that's so blessed. I think about my friend who had a daughter that was born deaf. And she has to train her daughter for every single sound that comes and says, this is your response to that. And when I remember her first telling me about her daughter, I remember getting teary-eyed because my sons never had that. And I never had to understand what it would take to have her daughter understand what a siren felt like or what a normal conversation is. And we don't think about there's always someone worse off than us because we're so focused on our lives, not getting what we wanted or not having what we are entitled to. Because the reality is if we don't have gratitude, the opposite of gratitude is entitlement. And when we feel entitled that we deserve this or we deserve that, or we don't need to fight for things, but we ought to have it. That's when we start feeling discouraged and depressed and that we may not be good enough because we were entitled to get these things. But what if we shifted our thoughts? I'm not really happy today, but I'm going to focus on the things I'm grateful for. The fact that I'm alive, the fact that even though it's hard today, I still have an abundance of food and I have my family and the people I love. And if we focus on those things day to day, maybe our view of the world and our lives can actually change down the road. Yeah, I think that sense of entitlement comes in a positive and negative way. And maybe there's a different word than entitlement for negative, but saying like, I deserve this. Well, these bad things are happening to me because I deserve this. And this is just what's going to happen to me. And like, you're expecting negative things to happen and you start a diet or you go on a meal plan or whatever it is your goals are, right? And you're trying to give up carbs and sugar. Well, you know, you, like you said, that spiral happens, that shame spiral happens. And then you get into this mindset of like, well, it's what I deserve. It's all I'm capable of. It's all I can do. And whether, whether or not that's saying like, I deserve X and I'm going to, you know, I think sometimes we hear the word entitlement and we think it's like cocky and arrogant and somebody who's expecting everything to be handed to them. But I also think maybe there's a better word for it, but I also think there's this element of I don't deserve better. You know, this is what's expected to me and just kind of almost, you know, the opposite of positive thinking where you're letting something happen because of your negative mindset and you're not able to see good things that are happening and you can't see past your own frustrations at yourself or what you think are your own failings to see the positive things that are really happening for you. Um, And I think that's where it is hard for me to really be, look genuinely at wins and blessings because I'm very hard on myself. So this is all something that I really struggle with. Um, But it does help completely change your mindset when you're able to truly look at what you're grateful for. And I'm able to look at my children who are healthy and look at my husband and I who are healthy and be genuinely grateful and not take that for granted, it's amazing how much your mindset can change and then how much easier it is to face each day when you realize there are good things that are happening. Yeah. And, and and you're right. So if we're in this like negative cycle and we think that we're not good enough and 
in the mornings we wake up and we had all these plans the night before of all the things we're going to get done. And then in the morning, we just don't have the energy and we just something sets us off and now we're in a bad mood again. It's really, really hard to get out of that. But the thing is, we have to get out of that and we muscle through days that are hard and we fake it until we make it type of thing is that every day that you decide at night that you're going to have a new day and you're going to start over, whether it's a diet, whether it's your lifestyle, whatever it may be. And if the next day you don't commit to that, there's a lot more that's going on the subconscious that we are unaware of than we um, think of in our conscious. So if you are constantly not committing to your words, then your mind will say, well, I'm somebody that doesn't commit to my words. And I therefore deserve to be someone that has a negative thought of myself. Why I therefore always say win your day and focus on winning the day is because those little wins start to give your, I guess, your defeatist mentality hope of, no, I'm winning my days and therefore I am a winner. And even if the day is hard, even if the day is you know, not a good one, you'll still finish the day with, well, I won my day and I did what I wanted. And therefore, even though it's not one of the better days, it's still a good day because I won my day. And it's really a mentality and perception thing. If I tell my clients that are in really bad ruts, whether they got diagnosed with a new disease and they're just like, here we go again, right? Or a diet um, isn't fully working and then they're just kind of down on themselves or they've gained weight and they're frustrated that they're not losing the weight that this diet has been you know, marketed to do, like a miracle weight loss diet. So I tell them to focus on winning their days. And a lot of people are like, okay, I'm going to go all in. And I'm like, no, no, just say maybe your win the day is that you're washing your face and you do five things just to get incrementally better every day. And we think, no, once I'm going to go in, I need to make one of them that I'm going to run a mile, that I'm going to eat all clean, that I'm going to fast for 16 hours and, and do all these things that are so grandiose, but then it becomes overwhelming. And if we don't win that day, then it's one more day that we're just like, screw it. When I talk about win the day, it's starting really small. It might just be making my bed, washing my face and doing really small things so that, you know, in your mind as a mindset thing that I won my day. And then today was good. And I think it's also though, like I'm the first person to say that results are addicting. And the minute that I get on track, then that helps me build momentum. But the trap that I've fallen into with that is by thinking that once I reach my goal, then that will make me happy. And right. I think it's it's figuring out within that process what can make you happy and what can bring you joy and gratitude within that process. And it's not that I have to win my day because I have to hit this goal because the goal then will make me happy. But it's it's really just learning to live each day with that gratitude and happiness yes. within the journey and within the process and finding a way to celebrate those smaller moments. And we're not living our life waiting until we're thin to enjoy it. Um, and I think that's something that is a big learning curve for a lot of us that have been on this weight loss roller coaster most of our lives. Like based on the studies I mentioned earlier, it's even if you got to that goal and I got there and I was more depressed than ever, right? even if you get to that goal, 
it's that law of adaptation. It's the, the goalpost will move. And then we always think there's something else. And maybe it's because we keep chasing the external. And so like you're saying, even in a day where if you can just say that you're grateful you won your day and the things that you're winning the day are really small, minute things, it's a perception thing. It's a mindset thing. And that's where we are enforcing the gratitude, right? It's saying, you know what, I'm grateful that I won my day and my winning my day was like doing the dishes. And, and it's those moments that we feel success. And so it's not focused on I'm only going to be happy when I'm thin. So I'm going to fight everything tooth and nail just to be thin. Because the reality is that you can have everything in this world and be thin and be rich and be smart and be everything. And you can be a very unhappy person. Absolutely. And I think it's, it's shifting what it is that makes you happy and where you define that happiness. Because if it's with, if it's by being perfect on your diet, even right backing it all the way up and not saying if it's, I hit a certain goal, it's that if I eat perfect, then I'll be happy that day. Um, I think also then kind of just makes you, it turns kind of turns you into this obsessive person that's more concerned about what they put in their mouth necessarily. And it's a balance because then you're saying, well, I'm going to live in the moment and I can eat whatever I want. And today's the day, like it's such a pendulum of being not too obsessive with things versus like saying YOLO in the moment and like letting, you know, finding a reason to celebrate with food every single day. So it's a really hard balance that, you know, a lot of us have had to kind of swing back and forth to find that right place in the middle. Um, But just learning to shift that, finding out kind of what those root cause happiness or root happiness things are for you, where does your real gratitude lie are important. I'll, I'll go to the gym and I'll do weightlifting and I hate it. I mean, honestly, I hate it. Like I can do elliptical, I can do running, I can do swimming, I could do a lot of cardio things for hours. And I love that high. But when I have to do weight training and my I'm sore the next day, I feel miserable. And all I want to do all day long is complain. And then I think about like today we went to the gym and I was so sore with my arms. I never want to do this again. And that was my first thought. And then I thought, no, I am going to share about gratitude. And my thought should be, I am grateful that I can even do these workouts, right? That I have the ability to go and spend some time with my husband and lift weights, even though it's hard. This is what's making me grow. And I am grateful that I even have the ability to do that. And if you constantly check yourself when you have these negative thoughts, it's again, it's that day to day. It's when you know that you're spiraling and you have these thoughts that are going on in your mind, it's trying to change those thoughts to then not make yourself feel so negative. I know that we talked about how the you were talking about that perfect diet and this is where we have to really know ourselves, right? So if we are an abstainer, maybe having a, a stricter diet may be beneficial, but we have to also practice grace, right? So if we are really clean for 20 days and then we have one day where we just fall off, we cannot focus on, well, there goes the diet and just be so hard on that one day. We have 20 days of showing that you have been really good at what you've been doing. There's a hiccup cry for a day, move on and get down to your 21st day. And this is where I think like those visual things are really good. Like have a day of 20 um, calendar days that are stickered or has an X on it that shows your progress. Because the goal is really, it's to focus on the positive so that you have the motivation to do better the next day and then continue to do better, even if they're small things that you start with. 
I think it can feel awkward and cheesy. I think that was yeah. part of it for me of doing those daily gratitudes at first is to be like, today I'm grateful for my family. And it starts that way. But I do think that it, 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 it like you said, it helps you pick out the things in your day that were positive. And I think yeah. that is something that you have to practice. And it takes a lot of work for that to be the first thing that you think about in your day. Um, and also too, like you said, you have 20 days that you're great. And then you do bad for one day. If you, if what you think is going to make you happy is by being thin, then you've just set yourself back and you've blown that. And you're right. That's going to be a lot bigger deal to you. And it's going to feel like this huge negative, you know, this huge failure or negative thing because of the fact that that is what you think is making you happy is when you hit a certain weight or a certain goal versus if your goal is to be healthy which is easier said than done. But if your goal is to be healthy, then really is one day out of 20 that big of a setback if you're focusing on long-term health and happiness. Um, Now, if you have these major autoimmune issues and that one day is causing you to have a massive flare, then yeah, that might be a bigger thing. And that's going to rank differently than if your goal is losing 10 pounds, whatever that might be. Um, But where those priorities are or where how much of that happiness pie chart is taken up um, should impact, you know, how that makes you feel. But think about also if you are down on yourself, right? So let's say it's been 20 days and now you had a day where you just ate off plan. And now it's, you have the decision of you say, you know what, I'm grateful. I had 20 days. I had a slip up or I decided that I was going to eat off plan. It was worth it. And then you move on. The, the next step will completely affect what actions you take thereafter. So if you stay in a spiral and you're negative and you're now down on yourself, well, then the next step is so much easier to just eat, not ideally again, because you're already hard on yourself that you're a failure. Well, then it's easy to become and do failure things, right? right? Whereas if you're just having a sense of gratitude and like, this is a learning lesson, I don't feel that great. What can I learn from this and move on? And I know it's really hard to do this um, compared to what we're saying. But if you have a different perspective, it makes it that much easier the next day to make it your 21st day instead of saying, well, I just messed up. I'll start on Monday and then, you know, shift that kind of goalpost again. And this is where the mindset is so, so important. That's the difference between having an unintentional slip up where you get emotional and you're stressed and you like dive into food, right? Because you're, you're having uh, something and it's almost like out of your control where you feel out of control and you're having this food moment versus a, I ate a bunch, you know, like somebody could feel like they want to eat a bunch of pumpkin pie on Thanksgiving and walk away saying that was completely worth it. And I'm not going to let this spiral though until January. I enjoyed it. It was, I'm grateful for it. It was delicious. And now I'm going to go back to what makes me feel best. Uh, and I know that it's not going to help me if I continue down that path. And so I think that's, you know, it's important to just know what was the reason behind it. If it was this unintentional issue, then like you said, it's important to acknowledge that, learn from it, back up from that and say, how did I get to that point? And what can I do differently next time versus, if you're choosing to make that decision, maybe that food was totally worth it for you, but how can you not let that um, spiral? And I think by not making yourself feel guilty about it is the first and best way to do that. Just to say like, that was great. Maybe next year I'll do it again. And then you move on. This is also part of the reason why people move on from diets to diets, right? So some people will adhere to a diet really strictly and then at a certain point, if they don't see the benefits that other people talk about, maybe the quick weight loss, 
maybe the incredible energy, whatever it may be, instead of saying, what could I have done better? What can I do to feel the benefits that other people seem to say? A lot of people will then say, well, it's the diet and I'm going to move on. And that type of defeatist mentality. Now, some people may just not do well on a carnivore diet, for example, but And it doesn't even have to be the diet. It could be anything in your life that essentially, if at a certain point, like your workout isn't working or your diet's not working or the relationship is not working, at what point will you say it's the other person or the diet or the exercise and it's not me and that I need to improve myself and what could I have done better? And this is where I think that gratitude of, I am thankful that I can eat meat And it's affordable to me. That's the most bioavailable. And maybe it's not working perfectly. Maybe I need to pull some levers to make it even better. But I am grateful that this diet is even something I have learned of, that I have an opportunity to actually get to root cause healing. I mean, that is a way we should be grateful for a diet, not of carnivore is ruining my thyroid or ruining my hormones and just be so negative. It's just it's so pervasive in the way we think and function. And I am not surprised why our society and our kids are becoming more depressed than ever. And, and it makes me so incredibly sad because if we just focus on our day to day and be grateful for things, and I know it's hard if we focus on being grateful and fighting for a better day, then those days can become weeks and months and your life can actually change. Amen, girl. <laughs> no, I I think that people sometimes focus so much in this way of eating on what they don't get to eat and then get obsessed yeah. with that. And I have definitely done that where you're obsessed and you get so focused on what you can't eat, that one food or the bread or that you're missing out on something. The mindset shift for me really happened when I could see that I could do this long term was when I started focusing on what I do get to eat. The fact that I'm enjoying eating steaks and pork and bacon and eggs and like chicken wings and I could keep going. But what I get to eat, I enjoy so much that it really takes away a lot. Once I stopped mindlessly obsessing or like constantly obsessing over all the things that I don't get to eat and just really enjoy what I do get to eat. And I think that's why Chris and I take our meat cooking so seriously because I need to be really excited and grateful and, you know, motivated about what I get to eat every day. And that was a huge mindset shift for me that took a lot of work. And I think that's really good because we forget when I was plant-based, I was hungry a lot and I would fight down the hunger by filling my stomach with green tea, or I would work out hard and just try to have my energy from the release of endorphins and cortisol. And, and I had to fight hunger often or these desires to binge and eventually I would, and then I would go into these cycles, but I never get that on a nutrient dense diet like carnivore. And we forget that we forget that, wow, we actually don't really feel hunger because we're actually satiated and we forget it goes back to the mindset. It's, are you focusing on just the negative of what this diet now doesn't work, but we focus on what we're not getting right away. And then we give up. And then we're a society of inclusion of, 
yes, it didn't work for me to try this new diet with me. And then in a few months, it's going to be, yes, this diet didn't work. Yes. Exercise is bad for you. And you're healthy at every size and, yep. and you know, embrace your curves and, and all that kind of stuff. Listen, being a, a small number on a scale is not going to bring you happiness. I think you and I both can attest to oh, that. Yeah. And you've said that, right? It's, it's not about being the lowest number on the scale makes you happier, but it's also not about, I mean, I think most people who have been severely obese, like myself, realize that they weren't happy and they weren't healthy and they didn't feel good at that size either. And so while I'm not trying to get back to my thinnest ever, I certainly am not kidding myself that being that heavy was healthy or comfortable or I was definitely not happy. Uh, and so it's really changing my worth away from a number on the scale and more into how I feel and focusing on other things that are making me happy and not expecting a pant size to be yeah. what brings me joy. I, I heard something uh, not too long ago and they said, you know, there's a lot of social media influencers that, that if you want to share a life that people want to follow and the way to share a life like that, instead of thinking of what can you share is to live a life like that. And then all you have to do is take pictures of your life in those yeah. pockets where people want to follow and where it is fascinating. And so the point of that story is, you just have to make a life that will bring you happiness. And it's thinking about why do you want to be so thin? Like what, what do you think that will bring you, right? No one wants to be thin just for the sake of being thin. Thinness, we think, will bring us joy, it may give us power, whatever it may be. But if you think about why do I want to be thin and why is this my ultimate priority if it is, or it could be anything, it could be your job, your house, whatever it may be, but why? And then if you can understand the reasons behind that, then the question is, do you believe that that will bring you joy and happiness and gratitude? Or is it something within that you need to change that you're not fighting for the bigger house, the the thinner body, whatever other materialistic or external thing that you want to validate yourself? And that that's why, I mean, this talk about gratitude, I think it's really important to understand the depths of why psychologists and therapists say, do a gratitude journal. If you think about some of the people in your lives that are truly happy, how many people are happy, but are not grateful at all? And they just don't, they don't exist without one another. You know, I, I really want to leave you guys with this. Like, where are you? Are you waking up and, and thinking of the things that you're grateful for? And I know it's hard. So you know, one thing I've learned that's a great tip and I recommend it for all of you guys is, you know, have goals of where you aspire your life to be. If you die tomorrow, what do you want to have stood for or remembered by? And then what are you doing daily to manifest that? And so I imagine, like, I would love to help a lot of people <laughs> learn about the meat only diet and heal. And so I imagine that every single morning and every single evening. And some days I don't want to do it. And I still, I imagine me sharing content or writings that I can do that. And, and then I hope that my subconscious can do its magic stuff to make it happen more. But on my day to day, I will fight and do the things that I need to do to get that truer every day. And some days it's hard, but I fight through it. And all that does is reaffirm to me that I'm committed to my goals and I'm grateful for that. Yeah, I think as the year is wrapping up and a lot of people are starting to kind of uh, reflect on this past year and look towards what their goals are for next year. And it's it's really about thinking like, what are your 
positive, you know, what are you grateful for that's happened this year? What are your goals for next year? Um, it's a good time to spend the next month or so as we wrap up 2021, which is crazy to think about this year went yeah. so fast. It did. Um, and to really kind of help set yourself up to have success next year. Yeah. Guys do the day to day. I know it seems so trite and it's the thing that will make your every year resolutions become true. There are always people that are born that cannot hear, that cannot smell, that cannot see. And we never are grateful for these things that we're able to touch our children or smell foods or taste the deliciousness that is like a ribeye. I know it's so small, especially when we're not having a good day, but we need to focus on being grateful even when things are hard for our well-being. Thanks for tuning in to the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to share and leave us a review and leave any comments and questions on Apple Podcasts. We will read and answer your questions and comments on an upcoming podcast episode. This also helps us to share our real talk with more community members. You can also find me on my other podcast, Nutrition with Judy, on all podcast channels. You can also follow my content on Nutrition with Judy's Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can find Carnivore Cure in paperback, ebook, and audio on Amazon. I also have a blog post and weekly newsletter with nutrition and wellness updates. You can sign up at nutritionwithjudy.com. You can find Laura on Instagram at Laura East Bath. You can follow along on her daily stories and see some of her funny skits. You can also find Laura on her YouTube channel where she shares tips on living a meat-based lifestyle. If you're wondering how much meat to eat in a day, week, or month, Laura has you covered. She also shares how to make a perfect sear on a steak and how extended fasting looks like in real life. You can find her YouTube channel by searching Laura's Bath. Thanks again for listening to the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. And remember, make sure to cut against the grain. Cut against the grain.